say recording this podcast has been like the hardest thing I've had to do because looking up, researching, editing, um, takes up a lot of time and I have a full-time job too. So, um, I'm doing this because I really, I don't know. I've always wanted to do a podcast and I started one with a friend and then that didn't work out. And then I kind of started one with another friend and that didn't work out. So I feel like, well, if I'm going to do something, I got to do it myself. Um, it's just hard to get other people to kind of join me and do this with me and be part of this. So, you know, doing it by myself. So if you are starting out or if you've done it for years and you have some advice or you have something that you feel hey i wish someone had told me this please please share that um i think in the last podcast i mentioned that my instagram handle is um at without a sound pod so look me up you can message me there um, and just, you know, let me know what you think. Um, <laughs> you'll see that on Instagram, I have like 10 followers. Yay. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's okay. I'm not doing it for the glory, I guess. I'm doing it because it's something fun. Well, the topics are really not fun, but they're very interesting so I find it, um, I find the topic very interesting. It's interesting to me, interesting enough that I want to spend time researching and finding the perfect things to talk about, or if they're too much, you know, let me know. Or if they're too little, also let me know. I feel like sometimes they're not long enough and it's just me. So it's kind of like talking by myself uh, and <laughs> that gets a little hard because, you know, there's only so much I can say, period. <laughs> you know, I can't say too much. Anyways, so, uh, today's podcast will be, like I said, about, uh, this is the second part of Not Your Bermuda Triangle. It's going to be about the one of the disappearances that happened there regarding Paula Weldon. So thank you for joining me. Please follow me on Instagram, download my podcast, subscribe, like it, give me, you know, give me feedback. Let me know what you think. All right, here we go. Okay, so most of the information that I got was from this website called allthatsinteresting.com or I think it's all-that's-interesting.com. So, okay, Paula Weldon was the eldest of four daughters of the well-known industrial engineer and architect and designer William Archibald Weldon and his wife Jean Douglas. Obviously, the name already exudes money. Um... So, in 1946, 18-year-old Paula Weldon was a sophomore at Bennington College, 
and on the afternoon of December 1st, 1946, Paula Weldon was last seen heading out after telling her roommate she was going to uh, go for a hike. Uh, she had tried to get some other students to join her that day, but they were busy, so she ended up going by herself. So this is 1946. In today's world, I don't think I would find myself hiking by myself. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like I would be safe enough <laughs> to go by myself, but that's just me. Um... So anyways, this was Sunday, December 1st, 1946. She goes on this hike. She's decided to go on um, part of a trail that's called the Long Trail. And it seems several hikers reported seeing her on the Long Trail. And it's, it's just off Route 9 near Gla Glastonbury Mountain. Now, I'm not from there, but if you're from there, um, you might know the area obviously um it might still be a pretty popular hiking spot okay so apparently she was wearing easy to spot red um but her clothing it seems was i think she went out in the early afternoon so it was it she was dressed appropriately for that afternoon weather for that hike at that time but it was anticipated that the temperature that night was going to drop and it seems that she didn't pack you know she didn't pack anything extra she didn't take any extra clothing no money um so uh, from all appearances she did not expect to be gone for more than a few hours probably a short hike come back um and she you know would continue with the rest of her life but that's not what happened so um apparently a group of hikers that were walking down the trail uh they were walking down as paula was walking up and i guess they had some sort of communication with her and she approached them and asked them a few questions about the long trail after which paula continued walking in a northerly direction on the road portion of the trail which is now known as harbor road so as she you know got further into her hike the sun was setting and the weather temperature was dropping it seems she approached the end of harbor road and she may have continued into quickly darkening woods and it was presumed that she must have continued her walk along the Bullsbrook Valley, although there are no known or confirmed sightings of her past the Fay Fuller camp. So in comes the roommate uh, who thought she must have gone to the library to study for exams, but when Paula never showed up for her Monday class, this spurred a massive search party of more than a thousand people and a reward of $5,000. Now, this is 1946, $5,000 in today's money would be quite a good sum of money. So again, money. Uh, 
despite a large turnout um, and numerous aircraft that was utilized to search for her along with uh, law enforcement several of them were involved there were never any clues to her fate um, and mm, there weren't there was nothing that was ever discovered. Not her body, not her red clothing she had on, not a single thing. But again, it's 1946. This was a heavily wooded area uh, where, I mean, apparently it was populated because there were other hikers that had already, you know, were exiting their hike. So, um, there was some sort of traffic, but um, she was never found. Okay, so down to the search. Um, Paula's father, he criticized the authorities' lack of sophisticated methods in handling the case. So uh, this actually served as a catalyst for the founding of the Vermont State Police seven months later. Uh, so I guess because dad complained, there weren't any results, nothing was happening, nothing was ever found. Uh, dad, you know, went to, uh, the extents of complaining and, you know, offering this reward money, but none of it helped. And so he felt like the police enforcement didn't do a good enough job. Okay, so I did a little research on the Vermont State Police, and apparently prior to 1947, Vermont law enforcement was county-based. Uh, that means each state's 14 counties had an elected sheriff responsible for providing all law enforcement services to towns in the county without their own police departments. Um, opposition to this... Uh, existed partly based on the state's low crime statistics so a reluctance to add new state spending and a suspicion of unelected centralized authority was part of why it was just county based um so all this information just so you know i'm getting it from wikipedia.org um so the Department of Water, Motor Vehicles Highway Patrol was the one that provided centralized statewide law enforcement services, and members of that department patrolled the state's roadways on motorcycles, enforcing motor vehicle law and investigating accidents, infractions not related to use of a highway, or the safe operation of a motor vehicle had to be referred to a county authority. So, during the disappearance of Paula in 1946, you know, it resulted in the changes of the attitudes of many of those who opposed this formation of a Department of Public Safety because uh, Bennington County officials were unsuccessful in locating Paula and were forced to call on state police investigators. And I think this is where there was kind of that, you know, loss of time where if the state had been involved, there would, would have been more people, more eyes to search for Paula. Dad probably felt, hey, you know, 
she's falling through the cracks because there's no support. It's just the county. And, you know, how many, how many, how many officials are really available? And so that's, that's when, you know, the state police investigators from Connecticut and New York were asked to assist and also local investigators and state police forces from Connecticut and New York. Uh, but all of these were at a loss for clues in a case and uh, the FBI was called in. Uh, so, you know, even though all these agencies and authorities were called in, nothing was ever solved. And to this day, the case actually remains open. So it's one of those open cases that has just never been solved. I have never been to Vermont and I don't know the area, but I wonder if there have been any, any of you have gone out there and kind of searched the area or I don't know I feel like you know in the last episode I talked about how there was like several disappearances in that area and we don't even I mean I think if there's more I kind of didn't research I kind of left it at the five that I found but what if there's more I was looking I'll have to post it I was looking at a map of disappearances that have happened along several areas where there have been caves and obviously there has been a lot of disappearances in you know forest wooded areas so uh you know stay out of the forest as one of my favorite podcasts says if you don't already listen to my favorite murder <laughs> they are without a doubt the best anyways um that's about it as far as paula weldon's disappearance there was just she just went out for a hike one day and was never found again and no clues were ever found despite all these agencies that eventually got involved in her disappearance um trying to find her uh dad passed away so archibald passed away in 1970 and her mom jean douglas died in venice florida in 1976 uh, not, neither one of them ever found out what happened to their daughter. So that is a story of Paula Weldon and her disappearance. Thanks for joining me today. Please subscribe, download, like this podcast. Um, you can find me on Instagram at without a sound pod. Please, you know, go there look at some pictures that I've posted on there of each episode I try and post a picture so that you guys can put a picture to uh the story that I'm talking about and just want to add one more thing um I think that I know I've talked about several known disappearances but I think I want to research a little bit more uh, of those disappearances that weren't widely known you know Paula was uh she was white she was rich came from a wealthy family so her case was you know all these agencies were involved and so I kind of want to talk about those disappearances of those that weren't um I guess 
at the same level as Paula Wilton was. Um, don't know how to say that in a better way, but um, there are so many disappearances and normally even today they don't make the news um, so that's kind of you know a sad part and I kind of always wondered what happens to all these people I mean it's like the earth opens up and swallows them and they're just never found so to me I kind of want to give a little time to talk about that to see uh, these stories come to light uh, of these individuals that weren't I guess as publicly uh, looked for when they disappeared so yeah um, like I said uh, please join me uh, every week I'm going to try and have a new episode again um, the editing is going to be all mine. So if there's any errors or mistakes, please bear with me. Um, maybe there's spelling, grammatical errors in my, how I say things. So um, <laughs> please message me if you have concerns or if you have suggestions. Uh, you can find me again at Instagram at uh, without a sound pod. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode on part two this is not your bermuda triangle thanks everybody have a good day bye without a sound